Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the School of Sellers podcast. I am super excited to welcome Trina Debery to the show today, and she is talking about something that I think is probably under-discussed in the TPT community, and that is the idea of having specific money mindsets that impact the way we run our business. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Trina to the show, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this one. Trina, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. This is just, I know we were kind of talking a little bit behind the scenes before we started recording, but um, just such an untouched topic and I can't wait to dive into all things money. Um, But before we get into the details, why don't you give us a little bit of background for those of us who may not know you, tell us how you got started on TBT and what everything looks like for you today. Okay. Okay. I'll try to keep that part short because <laughs> my story feels like a long, long story. I was a, you know, I was a teacher for a long time. I started in education in, in 1997. So it's been a long time. I taught first and second grade, mainly second grade for like 20 years. I was married for 17 years and it was a really hard, hard marriage. And at the end, I I knew that that I had to go and like, what was I going to do? How was I going to take care of my kids and myself? And so my friend introduced me to TPT, and I I'm like, I mean, I was creating stuff all the time in my classroom and giving it to my team constantly. So I'm like, oh, I can try this, and and so I started in 2012. So it's been a really long time, and I had to kind of do it on the sly almost like secretively. It was ridiculous. And then my husband at the time knew about it, but he, but he would get frustrated. He didn't want me to work on it. He wanted me to make money, but he didn't want me to work on it. So it was, it was hard and I was teaching and it was, it was just a lot. So for the beginning of TPT, like I just did it when I could do it and time went on and I left the classroom. I was a student support specialist. I was a media specialist for a while. I um, got divorced in 2014 and then I became an LLC. Like I was like, okay, I have to, this has to be serious. It's no longer about making my student loan payment. That's how it started. Mm -hmm. It's now about taking care of my children and taking care of myself because I didn't, I got very like $50 a month in child support. (laughs) Yeah. I, it was a complete I'm just going to say it's screwing. Like it was really (laughs) bad. But the thing is, is I knew that I didn't want to rely on him anyway. Like I had to do this myself. And so I worked really hard from then on and it became like a massive part of my life. I quit teaching. Like I I left education, like as far as the school system in my district, I left in 2017 at the end of the year to do TBT full-time. I pulled out my retirement. I was like, I'm going to take a huge risk on myself. And then I kind of failed. Like I didn't make it, like it didn't work out the way that I thought it would. Or, you know, you kind of think if I give, you know, I'm only doing this like 10 hours a week. If I do this 40 hours a week, it's going to, but it didn't quite go like that. And so I had to return 
miserably. I was very mm-hmm. unhappy. It's the hardest, hardest job. I was dealing with behavior all day long. It was awful and I hated it. And then the pandemic hit. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And I was like, and honestly, I thought how awful for me to be thankful that this happened because now I don't have to run around and chase. Like now I can see kids and we can, and I can like create relationships and we can talk and I helped parents and teachers. And all of a sudden I understood what I was doing wrong the first time that I quit. I didn't know how to manage my time. And the pandemic forced me to learn because mm-hmm. I still had a job, but I also had a chance to like try things in my business. So everything changed. Then I did go back for another year just to like solidify everything. And, and I've quit again in this end of July, just this recent July, but I, yeah. So now here we go again. And I've decided that it doesn't matter what it takes. Like if I have to get another source of income at some point, then I will, and I'll do it again until I can do exactly what I want. And I'm not going to give up. So, oh my gosh. Okay. I love this for many reasons. I mean, First of all, what a what a show of resilience on your part. I think that speaks to the character of TPT sellers and just how persistent you've been. Um, but I think it's so important for people to hear stories that are real, stories that are realistic, because too many times I think we hear about like one path and one path only for TPT sellers. And that's just not only is that not true, it's like horribly inaccurate. You know, that's, that path is very, the very small pocket of sellers and this is real life and it's different. money is as much as we like to say, you know, money doesn't buy happiness and it's a big part of life. And it's something that we have to face and deal with constantly. So I'm just, I'm so intrigued to hear more about how you have grown in that area and what you can share with us. So you are as of July, you said, right? July, 2021. That's so exciting. So how are things going so far? I know you've been so active in like the data playbook group and everything. So it's just, it must feel good to have like a renewed sense of it definitely does. Like I feel, I feel so much better this time around, you know, and there's ups and downs and it's scary. Mm -hmm. And when, and one of the things that I learned the first time is that the moment that I am functioning out of fear and scarcity, I'm going to crash and burn because I can't handle that pressure. It's too much. It, It makes me, it's like the worst version of myself in fear. And And I've been through, you know, I've been, there Mm -hmm. were days that I was on my knees praying, like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? And now, you know, I don't feel that way, thankfully. So (laughs) it's been a huge learning process to understand, first of all, like, I can't, I can't go with where the fear is. I have to stay in that abundance mentality. I have to focus on my mindset. I have to put the work in and and I also like systems in place. And you have been a huge help with that too. You you give such good great advice. You know, and I took your your jump start. I asked for it this year. I was like, when is it coming? I'm ready. <laughs> and, um, and so that is really helpful. And I, you know, other other things that I've done have helped me with systems and that has gotten me organized. And batching has been a huge part of it. And so there's a lot of things that have helped with that aspect, but where I think I was lacking was with my money mindset. Like I I definitely I had a group of friends tell me like more like a, 
you know, like a um, mastermind group mm-hmm. tell me that I needed a, a mindset coach. And that was only like, you know, maybe six months ago, a year ago. And, and I, I took a really hard look at that. And I'm like, I, I think I do. I, I mean, I had been in counseling for years, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with like leaving my marriage and after that and everything and recovering from an emotionally abusive marriage. So it was a lot of healing and a lot of mindset work, but, and like believing that you're worthy, those kinds of things. And, but it still trickles sometimes. And what I notice, unfortunately, and I think this, that I see this sometimes, even with teacherpreneurs, is we were in a system of scarcity and oppression in the school system. And it's really easy to take that into our business because we were, it's almost like being, being brainwashed, mm-hmm. not even realizing what, you know, you're like, oh my goodness. And, and now I actually have, my daughter works for me. She's a, a VA. She started her own business and everything. And she works for me for, you know, so, so I'm actually paying someone else on top of it. And I've been realizing, like, I want to be the kind of boss that I wanted. And, and I'm not going to take that scarcity with me. And I'm not going to not gonna nickel and dime her. And I'm not going to not give her time paid, paid time off and like all those things. But all of that comes around to this mindset about money. And what I realized was that for me, it represents, money represents like a living prayer, like an extension of generosity and love and creating choices and creating the the world that I want to see, which is Mm -hmm. with choices and freedom and generosity and kindness and, and really taking a look at how I was thinking about money. And I had a lot of crap to get over. (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of like going back to what you were saying about how you were already doing mindset work and doing therapy sessions. It's like, once you, I mean, that's just the top layer. Like that's the most broad sense of all of that. And really, I mean, just like we talk about like finding your niche in the business world, there are like niches of like mindset work that you have to do too. And I think probably different ones kind of rear their heads at different times of our lives. And that's probably how it's supposed to happen. But I think it's interesting because everything like you're the, what hearing you talk about your money mindset now makes it all feel so positive and like a good thing. But I think it's human nature to kind of resist talking about money or even thinking about money. I know I try to avoid it at all costs. So why, why do you think that is like, why do you think it is such a hard thing for us to talk about? And deal I with? think it's things that we don't even consciously are not, we're not even aware that we carry around with us when it comes to money. And maybe it's something that's happened to us as, you know, as children, as young adults, you know, there's a lot of shame, guilt, greed. There's a lot of things around money that we we see as a negative. And, you know, sometimes we're raised to think that you work hard and then you are allowed to make money. Or if you make too much money, you know, you're too greedy and you're, it's things we don't even realize. Mm -hmm. And, And we carry them around and it's uncomfortable. We feel guilty. We're like, if we want money, we're wrong because we also, especially in our teacherpreneur world, we went into a profession that's very altruistic. And so obviously the goal was not to make money. There's also some guilt and shame around making money in this profession and there shouldn't be. And that's the, those are the things that we have to let go of because we are allowed to want 
to have more than enough. And it doesn't have to be an altruistic reason. It doesn't have to be because I want to take care of my children or I want to take care of myself. I might want Jimmy Choose and I think that's okay. Yes. And I think we have to be okay with, yes. with those things, but we don't, it feels uncomfortable. It often feels dirty. I had to do a lot of work, like I said, to really uncover where that was even coming from, because I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that I was judging. Like I felt judgment. Like when I look at myself and my, my brother, my brother is beyond successful. Like he's on another planet and I, I, you know, and at first, you know, I felt really proud of him and I'm like, of course I'm happy for him. Then there were moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not happy. I'm (laughs) jealous. I'm like, my younger brother has a $300,000 car. Like I (laughs) am mad. And I'm like, I didn't, you know, and I was like, it was really recently that, you know, I went to see him in, in August and I, I left California and I I wrote him and I'm like, I'm, I'm jealous. Like, I don't know where this is coming from. I feel terrible because I am so proud of you and happy for you. But I, like, I feel like that means I'm less than, and, and that's when I was like, okay, that's it. Like, I got to get to some, some serious work here. Cause I'm not, I'm not as evolved as I think I am when it comes <laughs> to mindset. Like I've got some work to do and, it, and, and going through, this whole process and reading all these books and listening to podcasts and all these things, I started to really look at the where where I was coming from and what I needed to do to get out of that headspace. So like I have some tips for that, but I don't know if that answers your question. Oh my gosh, completely. Well, I'm so excited to hear your tips. I think I think it's so important though to remember that, yeah, like a lot of how we think now, not just about money, but everything does stem from our childhood. I mean, we internalize so much. I mean, you, we see it as teachers, how easily influenced children are and just, you know, they're at such a vulnerable time in their developmental stages that of course, like all of these adult opinions about money are going to somehow settle into our psyche and carry through to our adulthood. But I think it's then compounded even further with teachers, because I feel like we're already held to these unrealistic expectations. And on top of, you know, being expected to do all of the things, you're also expected to be humble and not want money. And which is then so ironic because it makes TPTers feel guilty, but then we see all of the good that TPT sellers have done with their earnings too. So it's just... Absolutely. And oh. you're right. It's like that little bit of fear, a little bit of... It's scarcity for sure. You're mm-hmm. functioning from the scarcity because you were in a scarcity, a system that is full right. of scarcity. But then you you think about it like, you know, you should be doing this for this reason. And and like we do that to each other. Then we take mm-hmm. it into, into our business world and we do it again. I mean, even just recently, I was reading this, this thread about someone saying, well, you should be giving that information for free. And I'm like, like how many times are we going to undervalue one another? Right. And how many times are we not going to, like, we should be rooting for each other. We're a group of women who should be rooting for each other and not putting each other down and criticizing. If somebody is solving a problem for others, yes, they should be compensated. And where did we ever get the idea that we should, that servanthood should be at the expense of taking care of ourselves? Right. And, And so I think that those are the things that just really hit me. I think, oh, yeah, this is this is amazing. So 
given all of the mindset work that you have done, and I know we're always a work in progress, but what if you could pinpoint just a few great tips for people listening who are like, oh my gosh, this is me. I need, I need some mindset work when it comes to money. Okay. What would you tell people? So the first, I actually took some notes. I'm going to look my, I mean, I wrote some notes yesterday because I'm like, I have to, I'm people, anyone that listens to my podcast knows that I am a rambler. You're really good at getting right to the point. And even your notes, I'm like, <laughs> he's really good. Like she's actually asked me for three specifics. <laughs> you totally had me focusing. <laughs> so Erin, <laughs> I need more of you because it, I I, it. Yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> all right. So the first thing I say, the first tip is letting go. Like you've got to let go. You've got to get really, really honest with yourself, whether that means you're journaling, you're vlogging, you're going to counseling, you're in groups, you're listening, whatever. You got to get to the root of your feelings. And here are some questions that I actually have that I I love this because these are hard. So get ready. (laughs) Okay. Because you're getting to the root. So what am I afraid of? What stories or memories really bother me? What haven't I forgiven myself for? What haven't I forgiven someone else for? What am I ashamed of? What do I wish I could change? Wow. So after you've done some of that work around the, the, that around letting go, then mm-hmm. you, like some of those preconceived notions, because once you start writing about those questions, all of this crap comes up and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even remember that. Like, I totally forgot about that. Where did that come from? Because I, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, this is all going to be about this one situation. And and it wasn't. It was Mm -hmm. like, there were so many other parts of it too. And it was, especially the part where I was like, what did I not forgive myself for? Because I didn't realize there was stuff that I was carrying around that I haven't forgiven myself for. So that was big, big. So after that, so then you move on to step two, which is really designing a new reality. And you have to get honest about what you want. And again, you might be doing some visualizations, some journaling, but you're really thinking about what if money wasn't an obstacle? Like you're really imagining stepping into, it's not an obstacle. I have more than I could ever imagine or have enough. It's more than I, you know, more than I imagined. And your big dreams are coming true. What does that look like without judgment? without judgment on yourself, because that creeps in. Then you start judging Mm -hmm. yourself. I'm not allowed to want that. And I actually didn't even realize until I was doing this work that I was limiting my dreams. I actually was only thinking kind of small. Like I was imagining, oh, if I had my all, you know, my house paid off and this paid off and, and I was like, okay, then I could just function with this amount of money. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute why am I limiting myself to this? Like, why am I not thinking bigger and imagining bigger? And it's okay. And then, Mm -hmm. and I realized I'm judging myself and I, I think there's something wrong with wanting that. And I'm like, no. And I had to justify like, but I would be able to pay for Emily's wedding or I would be able to do, you know, all these different things. And I'm like, I can do all that. I'm still allowed to want it and it's okay. So, so it was really designing this reality and shifting what, how I looked at money and how I looked at the endless possibilities and really as a choice, as like choices, giving yourself choices and options. Yes. Well, and I could, I could see like affirmations being really helpful in that stage too. Just telling yourself over and over and over. Cause kind of going back to what you were saying about how you don't realize that you like, once you start answering these questions, you, you uncover 
all of this other stuff that you had no idea about. And sometimes things, something as simple as telling yourself one or two things daily is going to slowly shift that way of thinking. Yes. Um, no, you're right. And that's a huge one because that's the one that one of the, I kept having to say, cause in one of the books that I've read, and I'll actually give you some of the titles cause they're so helpful. But one of the books I read, it talked about thinking of your bank account as an open and receiving space and that yes, it's going to flow out, but it's also going to flow in and that what goes out is going to come back and, and it's going to come back to you. And so it's constantly, whenever I started to doubt myself, I'm like, how do I want to live? What are my core values? I want to be generous. I want to be giving. Even if this is a stretch for me, I'm going to believe mm-hmm. that it's going to go out, but it's going to come back and in a different way. And yeah. so I kept having to say that over and over again. And, and I do it all the time, like, especially with my kids, like when, when they, whenever they need anything, I'm like, yep. I don't even hesitate. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, oh, I really can't do that right mm. now. And I don't let myself say those words anymore. That can't be in my language. So I'm like, I am going to allow that and it's going to come back to me and it's, and, and it's going to flow and it's all right. And so it's like constantly thinking of it like that. So, which is, you know, a big shift. It's a, it was a big shift oh. for me. So I, I, you know, I think, and maybe other people that's really easy for them, but that was hard for me. And then the the third one is there is no such thing as a fixed income. And this oh. is like the scariest, but, and the most exciting because you have to get super intentional and, and you have to allow yourself to like feel that vibrational pull and you have to like get aware of, Another thing that I uh, just, just interrupted myself, but another mm-hmm. thing that I always think about in a book that I'm reading, she talks about how sometimes you just have to do the work and you're not always going to know where it's going to come from, that you may not be aware of where it's going to come from, which has been true. Like big things where I'm like, I, I'm just going to do the work. I'm just going to do the work. And then all of a sudden it came from a totally different source than I, than I had thought of. And opening yourself up to allowing that to, to happen is, mm-hmm. is another huge thing because sometimes, and I know for me, I was blocking myself. I was literally not allowing that to come into my life because of my judgment and my, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel good enough. I don't deserve this. And it was just a lot of letting that kind of thinking go. Yeah. And, which is hard. So, and like really not letting yourself like have a limit, taking off the limits and really just being okay with what is coming your way. Well, and I think that's really important, especially in today's age, because at least in my mind, everything money-wise has always been very black and white. There's never been a lot of like in-between thoughts about money, but now it's like, there are so many different ways that people are making money. Yes. There are so many different ways of having multiple revenue streams. I mean, the world has just opened up in those terms over just the last five years. Mm-hmm. So I think too, a lot of that mindset will kind of hopefully become more commonplace once, you know, it's just all about having a flexible mind as things yeah. change and kind of adapting to Yes, whatever is going world, on to what's yeah. going on in the world. I, I actually recently started listening to this audiobook called Start. And this author wrote Finish, which was a good one for me because it was talking about like finishing things that you start. Mm-hmm. Now, this is actually <laughs> called Start. And and he was talking about how when, you know, as we were going through life, like we used to look at the starting 
spot, like in your twenties, you're going, you're getting you know, educated in your thirties, you're starting to refine in your forties. You're, and he's like, you'd go all the way to retirement. And he's like, and that was this, this straight path. And he's like, it doesn't look like that anymore. And he's like, honestly, retirement is dead. He's like that. That's what we're, what we're really going to have to realize. And the, and then as we go along, it, the retirement age is going to get higher, like 70 and 80. And he's wow. like, if we continued in this one direction, he's like, there's so many other paths now that we haven't imagined before. He's like, people are taking on new careers in their forties and fifties. He's like, and it's called an encore career, which I was like, Oh, well, that sounds better than my second career. Um, yeah. <laughs> like encore. Again, it's the mindset around it. And he's like, right. we have to see that there are other paths and we don't have to wait. And we don't have to just keep going in this linear direction. We are able to do so many other things. And I think when we allow ourselves to open up to the possibilities, it really is endless. Right. And I think we're so hung up on the idea that we have to wait for the right time to do everything. And especially as far as money is concerned, there's really never a right time to do anything. If you are always waiting for the right time, it's going to pass you buy and you won't have that option. Right. And if you, if you stay in that, that fix, it's like the, you know, growth mindset and fixed mindset. If you stay Mm -hmm. in that, that fixed mindset, I can't, I can't, I can't, then you won't. Right. We have to, I can, I can, I will, I am. So it's just, it's changing your language. It's changing the way that you think about it. And you know, some of it sounds like, oh, that sounds like kind of, I don't know, universe spirit kind of whatever. Yeah. And honestly, the book that I'm reading, she does have a lot of that manifestation kind of stuff, but she also talks specifically about God, which I believe. And so, you know, it's more than just about you. That's part of it as well. So true. And I will, and to to play the opposite side of the coin, I am like the least woo-woo person, or at least I used to be. Maybe I'm becoming one. I don't know. <laughs> but, but I mean, I believe all of this so wholeheartedly, even the manifesting and I mean, call it whatever you want, but I think that is something that those mindsets and that way of fixing your thinking and doing mindset work is something that can appeal to anyone, no matter if you are someone that's, you know, really into the, the universe or whether you're someone that's a little more conservative and like simple and whatever it's, it's, it works for everybody. And I think it's something worth exploring because like you said, it's not going to hurt you. You're dreaming. And and I've actually seen it happen to myself where I like, you imagine what you feel like, what it would look like if you had, you know, if you had whatever it is that you want, Mm -hmm. you know, if it is like money in your bank account or it's a new house or it's providing for, for your children's education or their wedding or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you imagine it, you see it, you picture it, you breathe into it, you feel it. And you do it all lot. You do it all the time. And actually all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this, this has happened. It's happened. (laughs) Just like anything else in life, consistency is what it takes when it, when it comes down to those things. Right. I'm literally, I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm going to have to, even before this goes live, I'm going to have to like sit down and listen to this again and take notes (laughs) because I feel like it's helping me so much with money stuff because Oh, that's, this is like the last topic I ever want to talk about, but you're making it feel like, like, okay, I can do this. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. I, it's, it, it took the long time for me to get here. I will Like it was a lot of the letting go portion was a huge part for me. Yeah. I mean, we work really hard for everything that we have and it can feel a little scary to be making decisions about something that 
feels so big. Well, I love to end out our episodes with some just for fun questions. Okay. So let's start with your favorite time of day. My favorite time of day is probably the morning. I, I didn't used to, like when I was younger, I mean, I would stay up forever and sleep forever and like all that. But now I really like the morning. It's very, I have like a little ritual and part of it is money mindset. Some of it's meditating and some of it's praying. I have like a long, it like takes me like two hours now to mm-hmm. get up because it's all this stuff that I, and I also have got a Peloton for Christmas. So I ride that when I first get up in the morning, but it's, it's the morning. Yeah. Like the quiet of the morning. Everyone else is sleeping, and yeah. So the morning. Okay, let's. mm, This is a hard one. Okay, if you could get rid of one color, what would it be? One color, like this Mm. one. This one, I had to really think about. (laughs) I guess purple. I know that sounds weird, but isn't that like the supposed to be the color of like jealousy? That's what's (laughs) in my mind. So I'm like. Yeah, I'm going to get, I'm saying purple. I like it. I like that answer. All right, let's, let's end this on a a great note and share. I know you share so many positive words on social media and on your podcast and this, but I want you to share a kick-ass quote that is like one of your go-to things that you turn to when you're needing some inspiration. All right. So to narrow it down, I have mm-hmm. to tell you, is was a hard thing to do. But I'm like, what is the thing that has gotten me through some of the hardest moments of my life? And all I kept coming back to is this the same quote. And I actually don't know who wrote it. It's, it's anonymous. So I don't know. But it's sometimes the fear won't go away. So you'll have to do it afraid. Oh, I love that. Love that. Yeah, that was been a big one for me. (laughs) And that can apply to anything. Anything, yes. Oh my gosh. Trina, this has been so amazing. I'm so excited for everyone to listen and hear all of your amazing tips. And this has just been great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me, Erin. I, yeah, I didn't realize how much I liked talking about it, but I do. So thank you. (laughs) 